Welcome to the Red Seat Podcast. This is your host, Jake Devereaux, and today joining me for episode 87 is Matt Collins of uh, Over the Monster uh, to talk about the trade deadline. Matt, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I uh, no longer have to or have people asking me to make up fake trade packages, so I love when the trade deadline is over. It must be a big relief for you. I know those oh stress you out a little bit. I mean, no, I don't know if it stressed me out. I just say no. <laughs> people ask me so um so the big thing that happened this trade deadline well the red sox weren't weren't inactive despite what people might say uh they did add to the team but i want to talk first about what the team didn't do um the big need going into the deadline uh, at least as was written by basically everyone who covers the team was an additional reliever and that's what we talked about ad nauseum on the last few episodes we had a big list of guys, and that list of guys just kept getting smaller by the day uh, as other teams acquired relievers. But the Red Sox decided not to acquire anybody today uh, as the deadline passed at 4 o'clock. Um, why do you think the Red Sox decided that they were comfortable with the unit the way that it is? Uh, well, I mean, first of all, they've been really good all year. Um, I mean, I, I should start by saying I also thought that they should have gotten earlier so i don't want like people to think i'm like flip-flopping or like pretending i never said that i was very much on board with them getting earlier i'm surprised and a little just i don't know if disappointed is the right word but i thought they should have done it but i think the Avaldi trade was sort of killing two birds with one stone because as long as um, Eduardo Rodriguez comes back and he's fine and all signs are pointing towards that happening relatively quickly, um, by the time the postseason rolls around, you have one of Rodriguez, Avaldi, or Price in the bullpen. And, I mean, that's a huge addition. So between that, the fact that Thornberg looks legitimately good right now, the fact that they clearly trust Ryan Brazier a lot more than I do, and the fact that you can still make trades in August. Um, I mean, I think it's definitely justifiable. I'm probably going to write about this for tomorrow. I haven't really really uh, fully fleshed out my thoughts on this, but I mean, there's, there's no reason to like really get overly upset about this, I don't think. Yeah, and to let the listeners know, uh, we're recording this at 4.42, basically right after the deadline happened. So we uh, we still haven't really had that much time to contemplate everything deeply. Um, but to, Yeah, to and you, I'll say I yeah. was I totally 100% expected them to get a reliever today. Like, I didn't really ever consider them not getting one. So, I mean, this is kind of blowing my mind a little bit. Yeah, I'm with you. I totally expected them to get somebody. Uh, I know that Evan Drellick wrote a column saying that they were going to get somebody. He just had a gut feeling as well. I think most people that cover the team thought they were going to get somebody. Um, but to get to your point about this unit being a good unit, right now by Fangraph's war, this unit ranks fourth in baseball in bullpen war behind the Yankees, Padres, and Brewers. Um, so, I mean, it's a good unit. There's, there's really, if you're, if you're looking at it right now, the only weak spots that you can really see are Joe Kelly, who's going through a slump right now, um, maybe Hector Velasquez, but he's been pretty good, uh, whatever you think of Brazier, and then whether or not you believe that 
you know, Tyler Thornburg has really turned a corner. But I have to say, Thornburg has looked like a completely different pitcher since that mechanical uh, change that he made last week. Yeah, he's been unbelievable. I think that's the biggest uh, biggest deterrent to them. I They basically said, I don't know if this was a quote or if it was paraphrasing from one of the beat writers, but, I mean, they basically said that Tyler Thornburg, um, as long as he keeps pitching like this and they seem pretty confident that he will, he's better than anybody that they were going to get. So, um, I mean, just judging by what the reporters are saying, the Red Sox didn't even really try for much today. They, uh, it seems like they pushed for Kelvin Herrera, but the Nationals decided they didn't want to totally give up on the year, so they didn't trade him. I think they made a push for him last night, and the Nationals kind of rebuffed it and then i think that's pretty it just seems like they didn't really try to do too much beyond that so i think it was basically herrera bust for them and i thought i thought herrera was the best option by far if he was available it's really interesting what the nats did or what they i don't understand what's going on there but it makes no sense because mike rizzo is traditionally a really good gm and he really seems to i mean the deals that he's made in the past have been really beneficial to that they might be like the best trader in baseball yeah i think you could easily make that argument i mean that trey turner deal is that'll go down forever is one of the most one-sided deals yeah absolutely so yeah i was surprised i don't know what they're doing um they traded wilson ramos today i think that was all they did no they they traded they traded brandon kinsley ramos Ramos was on the race he hasn't been on the nationals for like three years or something (laughs) i don't know what the fuck i'm talking yeah that's one of the problems with the uh the nats is no catcher right now yeah okay yeah. But they did trade Kinsler, right? They traded Kinsler, but then held on to Herrera, and they held on to you know Madsen, and they held on to Harper. Uh, it just doesn't make a whole ton of sense. Yeah, I don't know what they're uh, doing. What they're doing right now, especially with Philly and Atlanta improving, it seemed like a, a kind of curious case. But let's get back to the Sox here. The Sox did make three moves uh, before the trade deadline. They got Steve Pierce, which we've talked about here. He's been a great addition to the team. Since the last time we spoke, the Sox did add Nathan Eovaldi from the Rays. Uh, they swapped him for Jalen Beeks. And then yesterday they made a exceptional move, in my opinion, for Ian Kinsler from, Red so- from the uh, Angels to fill in at second base. I want to talk about that Kinsler deal, or actually let's talk about the Eovaldi deal first. Um, that was a really neat deal. It was pretty much straight up Jalen Beeks for Nate Eovaldi. Uh, Matt, how does this make the team better, and did the Sox really take any risks by making this deal? Uh, a little bit of a risk, I think. I've always liked Beeks. I mean, I've made this clear on the podcast a lot of times. I've always liked Beeks more than most other people. Um, not that it, not that it was a bad deal. I think this is something that they definitely uh, should feel good about. There's a little bit of risk in losing someone that I think will be a cost-controlled number four or five uh, for a little while, especially with Pomerantz was presumably part of the rotation next year. You kind of have that hole that a lot of people thought Beeks was going to fill. But, I mean, that's not um, – that's definitely not – what the fuck am I trying to say? That is not – that shouldn't have been um, something to stop them from doing that, and it obviously wasn't. So I think that that trade was great. Um, not because I think Avaldi is great, but mostly for the bullpen in the playoffs. I mean, this team is has pretty much already made the playoffs. 
obviously there's the divisions up for grabs still and that's super important the regular season isn't like nothing but i mean evaldi's it seems like they're planning on putting him in the bullpen for the playoffs and that's that's a big weapon with his stuff and i mean i would assume it's going to play up in short stints yeah i i think uh, evaldi was a really interesting add to the team uh i didn't really know too much about him honestly because he was one of these guys that has been around baseball for a while He's always thrown hard, but there's always been issues with him, glaring issues, whether it was giving up too many long balls or having his fastball be too hittable or whatever it was. And then he's had two Tommy John surgeries as well. So he's a guy that I kind of lost track of. But uh, Jeff Sullivan over at Fangraphs did a really good job pointing out the changes that he's made this year uh, to his repertoire. And his strikeout to walk ratio this year is kind of insane. And he's become a different pitcher. Um, and what we saw from him in his first outing was super impressive. He was a guy who pounds the strike zone, high velocity from the right side. Um, I was really impressed, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely wasn't expecting that. Um, somebody asked me what I thought he was going to do before the start, and I said, like, six innings and, like, three or four runs. Like, something good, solid, but not, like, anything to write home about. He totally blew me away. And, I mean, obviously – there's a pretty good chance that's going to be his best start as a Red Sox, but I mean, he has a long way to fall before it starts becoming a problem. If you can get um, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez to come back healthy, um, I think that you could make an interesting argument that the team going into the playoffs would be its best self with Eovaldi and Rodriguez in the rotation and David Price as a super reliever. I think you could make that argument. I, first of all, I don't think I would make that argument. Um, second of all, Dombrowski has straight up said that they basically are planning on putting Valdi in the playoffs, or in the bullpen for the playoffs. So, I mean, it's just, I don't think it's going to happen. Whether or not, I think the way we would see Price in the bullpen is if he blows up uh, towards the end of the year. Obviously not impossible, but I wouldn't bet on it. He looked good last night. Um, or if Stephen Wright comes back and he looks really good, but I don't think there's he's going to come back with enough time to really get that kind of um, status back in the rotation. So I would bet against Price being in the bullpen, although, like I said, I wouldn't do it, but I can definitely see the case for it. Yeah. Probably not going to happen, but I definitely would be in favor of it based on what I've seen from both of those two guys. Um, I want to get to the rotation depth here a little bit because I thought this was a really interesting trade in that they traded a guy in Jalen Beeks who was part of the Red Sox rotation depth for an active rotation piece who's a little bit farther along in his career. There's a little bit more uh, development there. Eovaldi does expire after this year, uh, and Beeks has many, many more years of control after this. But really, you were kind of just pushing the uh, the timeline ahead because Beeks clearly wasn't ready to step into the rotation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was pretty much the whole point of it is Beeks is a better long-term asset. I mean, that's not debatable at all. But, I mean, this is a clear upgrade for this year, and this is a year where you have arguably the best team in baseball. And so you're not worried about three or four years from now. You're worried about putting the best roster together right now. So like I said, I like Beeks. I still believe in him as a major league starter. 
but I think this is kind of a no-brainer. So Beeks was ranked as high as number six in the Red Sox uh, minor league system uh, going into uh, the trading deadline. Um, and just to give you a perspective of where Beeks is ranked in a stronger system, uh, Bank, uh, Beeks is ranked 16th overall in the Rays system. So it's not like the Red Sox gave up on Pipeline. Uh, on Pipeline, yeah, he's ranked 16th. Was, he, was Beeks 6th on Pipeline for the Red Sox? Not positive where Beeks was on Pipeline. Well, I mean, that would be the only way to do that comparison, though. Right, yeah. Because it's the same evaluators. I can look at that, though. Yeah, I'm sure you can find it pretty quickly. But I, 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 I just think it's an interesting comparison to kind of look at where the Red Sox system is versus the Rays, who are sort of considered to have a top five system at this point. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm distracted. Does he not? I can't even find him on the list. I'm confused. Is he not listed yet? Um, no, I'm looking at Pipeline's list from... Oh, never mind. I don't know where they had him because he got traded before that uh, new list for the Red Sox came out. Right. So, yeah, I was trying to look at my post-series ranks. I forgot that was... But anyhow, most lists have him at the back end of the top 10 for the Red yeah. Sox. Yeah. So we're, we're talking about a top 10 guy for the Sox being a top... 20 guy for a good system yeah i mean i really think that like i don't care about rankings like at all i it's just like a how i feel about the prospect i liked beaks i thought he i don't know if i would have him ranked higher but i thought that he was a solid major league piece i mean it's like i'm looking at the MLB pipeline list for the Red Sox and like I just see Danny Diaz at 11 and like that's probably not crazy but at the same time I like him better than I would like somebody saying how do you feel about the number 11 prospect in a bad farm system you know what I mean right so I don't know I just I don't really care about rankings too much to be honest with you yeah, I think you're right. It, it doesn't really reflect on the player's potential because Danny Diaz is all the way down at 11 because of proximity. There's just so yeah. much that could go wrong. And like I said, I mean, I understand the ranking. I'm not saying it's a bad ranking or anything. It's just, I don't right. know. I, There's just a lot that goes into them. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about the next trade, though, because I thought this was really the most interesting trade that the Red Sox made. Um, the Red Sox acquire Ian Kinsler from the Angels for Williams, Jerez, and Ty Buttrey, uh, two relievers. I believe Jerez is 26. He pitches from the left side. Ty Buttrey is the power righty that we've been talking about here on the show uh, a few different times. Um, this was a really interesting trade for a number of reasons, uh, and here's why I liked it. They traded from a surplus of upper minors uh, relievers. Uh, he adds huge amount of defense to the team uh, where the team really needs it. And I think you've harped on this a lot on Twitter, um, just watching you know, Nunez uh, and gouging your eyes out, watching him not make plays. He's going to give you professional at-bats. He's got playoff experience. And it's a relatively small price to pay um, for a guy like this who you know, has all of these things. And then even though he's had a sort of rough year offensively from, from his sort of career mark, He's had an 860 OPS in July, so he's really turned it on as of late. I like everything about this move. Yeah, this was this was great, and he's um, to get to your point about July, 
he's gotten better with every month as the year has gone on. First of all, second of all, he's playing for the Angels, and so that park is like death on hitters. So even as bad as like his numbers look compared to his normal line, his WRC plus is 97. I mean that's not bad at all for a guy that you got for two. Triple-A relievers. And look, I like Butchery. I was intrigued by him. I wanted to see him in the majors. I I don't think he's like a back-end arm or anything. I don't think they gave up a closer. And Jerez is interesting, but, I mean, he's a converted outfielder who has a ton of potential with his stuff, but he still hasn't really harnessed it. So, I don't know. I I don't think there's a possible way you can paint this in a negative light and like you were saying about the defense i don't even care what kinsler does on offense right like just the defense alone is going to be such an unimaginable upgrade yeah it's it's really nice to think about the combination of moreland and kinsler on the right side of the infield that's that's i mean that's up there with the best in baseball on the right side yeah it's that's great and there's ripple effects too i mean nunez shouldn't have to see another day at second base for the rest of the year. No, because he can Holt's play third base. Spell yeah, in, in second. And Nunez will play third, and I'm fine with Nunez at third. I think he. I don't think he's like great or anything, but he's definitely like I can live with him at third. He has like quick reactions. It's the range that's his problem. And let's talk about the return a little bit too. The the reason why the Red Sox felt comfortable trading these two relievers is because at AAA they have Brandon Workman, they have Travis Lakins who they just promoted, they have Bobby Pointer, they have Robbie Scott, they have options that are similar to those other two guys. And also this trade opens up a roster spot as well on the 40-man in case they want to go do something else at the non-waiver trade deadline. They've got 30, 39 people on the yeah. uh, 40-man at this point. Yeah, and um, they also have Chandler Shepard in that mix too. Right. Um, he's been starting this year, but I think it's becoming clear as the year goes on that he's not a starter. So I'd throw him in there. Um, yeah, I mean, the, he's, when, you, uh, t- when you're talking about opening up the 40-minute spot, that was one of the reasons I was so convinced that they were going to make a trade today. Yeah, same. It's because they already had that spot open. So I figured that was why they did it. But, I mean, it's still open for an August trade. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, there's no possible way not to like this. This uh, And it kind of came out of nowhere, too. Like, there were no rumors. All the signs... Spear was on the broadcast of the game last night saying that, oh, it really doesn't look like they're looking at infielders right now. And then, like, five seconds after the game ended, they got Kinsler. And I guess Dombo plays a little close to the vest around this he time of year. He totally deked everybody out, yeah. is what happened. I mean, they and that was clearly by design, I think. They made everybody think that they were looking all reliever and not at the infield and then they got an infielder not a reliever one thing that sucks about this though was just looking at it from a baseball perspective is just the angels man they're not going to be in the playoffs no trout again for another year in the playoffs like seeing them sell every year of trout's prime is just a little bit painful i mean otani gonna get kind of fuck them yeah I don't know. I think, uh, did you see that Kins, before we move on, Kinsler is wearing uh, Nomar's number? Yeah, number it's five. Big shoes to... uh, I, I always think of it as Gomes' number, though. Of course. <laughs> Silly me. <laughs> um, so uh, another note on the Kinsler thing, the Angels are going to pay $1.8 million of the remaining 3.6 on his contract. 
Um, and he also expires after this year, just like Nate Eovaldi. So if Dustin Pedroia... His contract uh, expires. Yeah. Kinsler hopefully will not expire. <laughs> Good distinction. <laughs> uh, but if Pedroia is healthy, I think that, uh, you know, that gives them the ability to move on. And uh, if not, I mean... The, your chances of re-signing a guy like that at his age are probably pretty good. So I, I like it all around there. Um, but you mentioned the bench. Um, when Devers comes back, this is going to shift Brock Holt, Eduardo Nunez to the bench, along with Blake Swihart and Steve Pierce. Um, that's a really, really good bench at that point. Yeah, I mean, especially with Swihart like, starting to show some life. The bench went from a major weakness to now a strength. Yeah, I mean, as long as everybody's healthy, and I mean, Pierce is obviously a huge part of that, and I mean, Nunez and Holt are just so much better as part-time players. I love them as part-time players. I do not like them as everyday players. So, um, in hindsight, I think I, I mean, I said I wanted them to get a second baseman, but I wasn't really pushing too hard for it. It makes so much sense though. Like, it should have been pretty obvious that they were going to do this. Yeah, it really does make a huge difference. The, having guys like Holt and Nunez on the bench versus a guy like Sue Whelan is just, it's a pretty big upgrade. They've just been, they know what it's like to play in playoff situations. It's, it's, it's really good all around. Um, in terms of uh, what this means for Brandon Phillips, though, because he's been a name down at AAA. Um, who, you know, he's he's been kind of around the system now. He hasn't really hit too much. He just got injured. Does this mean it's kind of over for him? Well, he's, his injury wasn't a big deal. He's already back playing. Um, but, yeah, I think I think people were – like, I like Brandon Phillips. I've always liked him. I never really expected him. Like, I think if he was the guy that they were going to lean on, they were in some trouble. Um, but, yeah, I think he's done. And I think that's going to be his choice. Um, he's, I think he has opt-outs left. I have no idea when they are, but I wouldn't be surprised if you went to the Red Sox and it's like, just release me. Like, <laughs> There's no reason for me to be riding minor league buses no. when you have all these guys in front of me. So um, I won't blame him if and when that happens. But yeah, I think I think it's done for him. That's one of the things that I often think about when I uh, now that I you know follow baseball so closely that I never thought about before um, is just like these guys that try and make it towards the end of their careers, even guys like Tim Tebow who made millions of dollars. Like, how is that transition to you know playing minor league baseball and riding on buses and staying at shitty hotels and like making no money? Like, that's gotta suck. Well, the making no money, I think part of it I don't think really matters for guys like that right because they have the money but yeah I I mean it shows that they really want to keep playing right and I mean I think that's admirable I wouldn't do it it makes it all that much more insane that Jordan did it once yeah well he wasn't allowed to play in the NBA I 100% believe that but (laughs) that's uh, that's a weird conspiracy theory that you believe Matt I don't usually take you for a conspiracy theory no that's like one of the only conspiracy theories that I 100% believe okay wow yeah I like it yeah yeah hot take anyways but yeah if I was Brandon Phillips or like anybody of that stature who has made the money he's made there is no chance I'm signing a minor league deal with anybody if you want to sign me to an MLB deal I get it but I'm not I'm not riding in buses. I'm not playing in Pawtucket no. for 
Yeah, I mean, no disrespect to Pawtucket, but I mean, no, but completely disrespect (laughs) Pawtucket. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know anything about Pawtucket. I'm not from the other side of Massachusetts, so I don't know Rhode Island. But you're not Boston or any major league city. No, it's uh, there's not a lot to do there. Uh, It's it's kind of rough. If I was Brandon Phillips, I'd go home and you know, chill by the pool. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, I want to get to Blake Swihart here for a second before. Did you uh, see the lineup tonight? No, I didn't. Guess where uh, Blakey Boy's sitting? Oh, let me guess, sixth? Nope. Higher? Second. Holy shit. Yeah, Mookie has the day off. They're hitting Benetendi leadoff and Swihart second. That wow. is bananas. Okay, so let's get to, let's get to my boy <laughs> here. Uh, I can finally talk about Blake Swihart on this podcast again without sounding like a crazy person. But Swihart <laughs> now has a... <laughs> Well, maybe. <laughs> he's got a 10-game hitting streak right now, and he had the walk-off hit yesterday, the walk-off double um, against Philly, which that was a great game, by the way, for the 11 innings that I watched before I went to sleep. I woke up, uh, and Aaron my Miller mentions had just blown crazy. up with Swihart stuff, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I think the biggest takeaway for me from last night, which we're going off on a tangent, but uh, Aaron Nola is bananas. He's so good, dude. He's a legit ace. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I had tweeted about this before the game started because I had been re-watching the dvr um, All-Star game, and Mookie's at what? bat versus uh, Aaron Nola was just like... It... You DVR'd the All-Star game and watched it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh. I love watching the That's... individual matchups. I'm I like the All-Star game, too. I would never watch it unless it was live, though. Oh, man, I got so much out of it. So I was watching Nola, and his breaking ball, Mookie cannot figure oh. out for whatever reason. Mookie's he, just, he doesn't get yeah. it. Oh, he got destroyed by that pitch all oh. night last night. Man. He actually, I don't think it was a breaking ball, but he squared one up on the, his first step bat. He crushed um, one. It was like probably 10 feet shy of a home run, but I mean, it was the warning track in right field. So I was like, all right, Mookie's going to have a good game. And then... The top like four hitters had zero hits. Yeah, night. it was insane. They always say that like if you're a good pitcher or a good hitter, there are just certain guys that own you. And I guess there were worse guys that could own Mookie at this point. But I mean, it's a super small sample size. He's only yeah, I would five say times. Him, yeah, it, it just hasn't looked good so far. He, it looked it was ugly last night. I but I mean a lot. It was ugly for J.D. Martinez. It was ugly for pretty much everyone. Nunez and Swihart were the only guys that it wasn't like really that ugly for. Well, I, I think mean, he had a couple hits too. A talent like Swihart's is just really <laughs> tough to uh, right. really tough to match. But let's let's talk about Swihart a little bit. Swihart's been playing all around the diamond. He's got some starts at first. He got a start at third the other day. When he's caught, he's looked pretty solid. Uh, and throughout this entire time, his bat has been coming to life a little bit more. He's starting to look like the guy that we sort of expected. Well, I, I expected, I should say, um, and optimists expected. Um, but the bat's impressive. Uh, he's looked really good, and it seems like the more playing time the guy gets, the better he plays. So uh, big shocker, you know, if you trust a guy, he actually gives you something. Sure. I mean, this is. I think we can all agree this is a hot streak. I mean, this isn't like true talent, like Swihart or anything. I don't know. He's got an 11.62 OPS. Well, yeah, he's not. It's not true talent. That's all I'm saying. Like he's he's playing over his head, but I mean, he's got a long way to fall before he's back to what he was for most of the year. But the bat is far and away better than 
his detractors thought. Yeah, and I was one of them. Um, Too bad Brian wasn't uh, on this podcast right now. Yeah, I still I don't really know how I feel about Swyart because like I'm definitely not being a downer. He's looked great um, at third base the other night. That was shocking how well he played the position. He didn't look out of place. He really didn't. Oh, he, but he looked, like he was he made some legitimately great plays. Um, so he's definitely impressing me. I still prefer Leon as the catcher just because I think his presence behind the plate is really underrated. Um, but I mean, Swy, that Swihart showing he could play different positions certainly helps. And I mean, he should be in the lineup more. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not ready to like call him an everyday catcher or anything, but he, he's definitely impressing me. He's opening eyes. If Vasquez continues not to hit, do you think there's a potential that they could go forward with Leon and Blake Swihart as the backup next year and trade away Vasquez? Possible. Um, I kind of think so, they, too. Yeah, they just signed him to an extension, though. They like Vasquez a lot. But someone um, else would like him on that deal. It's not like an outrageous extension. Yeah, no, of course. It's not a great deal, either. Right. I mean, it's not like... It depends how you feel about him. I mean, if you don't like Vasquez, it's a bad deal. It's not a lot of money, but I mean, he's he's guaranteed three more years after this with the team option too. Right. It's not nothing. Even like putting the money aside, that's just a roster spot for three years, or you're eating money for somebody who's not playing. But I think that Leon's probably going to be gone. Um, not that any of these decisions are being made now. I mean, we have two or three more months of information that we're going to gather before all this happens. Yeah, there's a World Series to win in the meantime. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, this obviously isn't of uh, most importance, but I would say before, like, two weeks ago, I would have said that there's no chance Whitehart was on the team next year, and uh, that's definitely not the case anymore. Yeah, it's really nice to see. Uh, it's, it's awesome to see him get consistent playing time, and hopefully that will keep up and – He'll keep improving his stock. If nothing else, if they decide to move on from him, uh, the return is going to be quite different now than it was if they had traded him a month ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to bounce around the division a little bit and talk about what some other teams did, not only in the division but the American League, and then looking a little bit broader at the National League um, after the trade deadline has settled. I want to start in the division, though. The worst team in the division, the Baltimore Orioles, get way worse. Uh, after all the dust has settled, they trade Zach Britton, Manny Machado, Kevin Gosman, Brad Brack, uh, Jonathan Scope, and Darren O'Day. Um, and they don't really add anyone to the major league roster to a team that was the worst in baseball. Um, they're clearly in full rebuild mode. That team's going to be beyond pathetic going forward. Oh, yeah, they're going to be awful and um of course the yankees are playing them right now yeah that's not great no i mean i think they did what they had to do but yeah they're they're total garbage right now the interesting thing to me is that adam jones just decided that he is mr baltimore and he's gonna stay on if i was him i mean it's so difficult to i know you you did expect it i just think like you get a chance to go to another club and and do something like why not you know this He's around a bunch of scrubs now. Yeah, but, I mean, it's not – for some guys, that's what it's all about. But, 
I mean, this is his life, you know? He's been there for a long time. He has fam- his family's there. Actually, I don't know if he has a family or not, but I mean, his life is there. Right. And to uproot in the middle of the season like that on a dime without knowing where you're going to the last second, I mean, that's – it seems like like we kind of brush it aside, but, I mean, that's a major, major deal for yeah. these guys. So, I mean, you get – you earn your 10-5 rights, and you use them. I – really don't blame him and like i said i expected it that guy seems to love baltimore yeah he's got a bunch of charities that he's very active yeah. with in the city as well so i think there were clearly things pulling him back aside from baseball that were stronger at this point and if you look at his career it is kind of on the downswing so maybe he just yeah. wants to i think he's not i mean i yeah i think he's gonna retire in Oriole. i mean i don't think there's i i don't really have much doubt about that yeah um toronto Toronto got worse as well. Toronto traded uh, Osuna uh, in a controversial trade to Houston. Yeah, that was. uh, I had a long discussion with my wife about this yesterday, just like whether or not, like, what do you do in that situation if you're a team confronted with the idea of like this clearly helps us win the World Series, but at the same time we're signing someone who did something or trading for someone who did something reprehensible that you can't really defend. And it's like, I just think this is a bad look for Houston. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm very glad the Red Sox can do it. I'll say that. Dabrowski says that uh, the Red Sox never considered it. Um, they didn't pursue it. I don't, I mean, I have no idea if that's true. Obviously, everybody's going to say that now. Um, but I don't know what I would have done if the Red Sox had made that trade. Yeah. Like it, it would have been major, like it would have it. It would have been a lot harder to root for this team. I'll say that. Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, it's it's one of those things that it's uh, it's just it's impossible to defend those actions. And even when you're looking at a guy like Roberto Ozuna, who's you know in his low twenties, three more years of control, awesome stuff. Clearly, from a baseball perspective, it would be a huge win. But you just you just can't root for a guy like that. No, and I mean it's ridiculous that he's allowed to play in the playoffs. Yeah, agreed. Robinson Cano is. <laughs> yeah, that's just that is it's so ridiculous. I, that's going to change. Yeah, the, the I mean, next CBA is going to it's got to address stuff like that. I would be surprised like if it changes this winter, to be honest with you. It's, it's one of those things that's just like a no-brainer, and like the circumstances worked out where everybody's talking about it. That's usually when rules like this get changed. Yeah, it's it's banana land that he gets to play. Uh, they traded away basically a few other play- pieces of their bullpen as well. Aaron Loop, John Axford, and then J.A. Happ to the Yankees uh, as a starter. They um, got uh, Ken Giles, too. They did. Yeah, they got Giles back, who's, you know. I love Ken Giles. I've always loved Ken Giles. He's a bit of a project, though, right now. He's, he's still looking for his release point. Yeah, his slider's way off. But, I mean, if he gets that slider back, he's a top 15 reliever in baseball. Yeah. So I mean, he's done that before. He's young enough. I, I, I like I said. I mean, in fantasy, I own Ken Giles, pretty much everywhere, every year. I always end up with Ken Giles. So I'm a little bummed out he's in the division, to be honest with you. Well, you'll get to see more of him, I guess. That's a good thing, right? I guess. But... <laughs> I guess you won't be rooting for him now that he's in the division. Well, not when he plays the Red Sox. Yeah, against the Yankees, you'll be uh, yeah. all about Ken Giles. 
But I think these were good moves by both Toronto and Baltimore, teams who are clearly rebuilding here uh, to get some value. Um, the Toronto thing is interesting because most of the guys they got rid of were older or guys that they didn't want in the organization anymore, and Roberto yeah. Ozuna. Um, so I think Toronto's rebuild is going to be a lot quicker with the kids they have coming in the system, like Vlad. Yeah, I don't know if it's um, a rebuild. Sort of a retool, it's I guess. A, yeah, a retool. I mean, they were picking this, obviously, but... Um, I mean, yeah, they wanted to compete this year. They knew they didn't really have, like, a great chance. Um, but they didn't give up anything, like, major... I think they're good. I think they're going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be hard not next. to be good with Vlad Jr. next year. Yeah, Vlad Jr. You get Bichette coming up soon. Sanchez, Strowman are still in the rotation. That's not a bad team at all. No, they've got a nice farm system as well. They've got some yeah. other talent aside from those guys. I think the the Rays probably had the the best deadline though out of any uh, of the non contenders in oh, the I hate AL. The Rays. Oh, I know. I, we we both hate the Rays. No one hates them as much as you, but I mean they, they traded. Carsley, yeah, that's true. Uh, Chris Archer, Wilson Ramos, uh, Johnny Venters, um, Nate Eovaldi, Matt Andresi, and they got back Tommy Pham, Jalen Beeks, Tyler Glass now, and Austin Meadows. Uh, guys who can come in immediately and be part of that major league roster. I think you could make a pretty solid argument that their outfield got way better after the trade deadline than it did pre-trade deadline. Um, and they were able to add some nice pieces. It's uh, it's really interesting, especially because a lot of the positions where they didn't replace guys, they have some really good minor leaguers coming up that can play those positions. Yeah. Um, I'm not a huge glass now guy. So I wasn't – I like Meadows. I wasn't, like, super blown away by the Archer deal just because they kind of talked it up so much, I guess. Like saying how much they wanted. I'm also not totally sold on Tommy Pham. Interesting. Um, yeah, so, so I mean, you think look, last year was a bit of a mirage from him? Oh, I mean, I think that's easily the best year he's ever gonna have. Right. He's also not that young. No, he's, he's 29, 30. isn't he? He's well, he's 30. Oh wow. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Plus, they don't have any starters right now. Yeah, I think uh, Beeks is probably going to go into that rotation Beeks, right away. It, I mean, so is Glass now. Right. And, I mean, they're going to do bullpen games every game pretty much. But, I mean, they have Yanni Chirinos, who I love Yanni Chirinos. But um, him, Beeks, and Glass now with, like, Ryan Yarbrough. And, I don't know. I just – I can't believe they didn't trade uh, Sergio Romo. They'd love that guy. I, I wanted the Red Sox to trade for him. You, you want him to slide over to third base, get some reps? Yeah. <laughs> why not? Worth a shot. Yeah, they already did it with Blake, so why not him? It's a, it is interesting, though. I think that that team, unlike Toronto and Baltimore, is going to continue to be pesky, um, especially the way they've played the Yankees this year. I don't think that it's gonna get, they're going to get that Oh, they'll easier. be good the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, Let's compare what the Red Sox and Yankees did staying in the division here. So when all the dust settled, the Sox add Eovaldi, Pierce, uh, and Ian Kinsler. Uh, the Yanks add Britton, Lance Lynn, and J.A. Happ. Who do you think had the better trade deadline? Well, um, we're obviously speaking from a point of tremendous bias. Um, but I, you know, I would say the Red Sox. I think uh, so, too. Yeah. I mean, I like Britton. I don't love Hap 
and I really don't love Lynn. So, I don't know. I mean, the Red Sox definitely didn't do anything as flashy as Zach Britton, but they got, like, the exact guys they needed for the roles that they were looking for. Yeah, I think Britton's clearly the best piece that either team added, but Britton was less necessary to the Yankees than he would have been to another club. And I think the Red Sox got the two pieces that were the best after that in Kinsler and Eovaldi. Yeah, you can make that case. I think half Persivaldi is uh, close. Right. Yeah, it's but, probably a toss-up. Yeah, I mean, I think you go either way there. I think Pierce is definitely better than Lance Lynn. Yeah, oh, I totally agree. Lance Lynn sucks. I don't know what they're going to do with their rotation. Are they going six-man? Are they putting Sonny Gray in the bullpen? I have a feeling that one of those back-end guys, maybe one of their long men, like uh, A.J. Cole, gets bumped in favor of Lance Lynn. Well, um, wait, you think Lance Lynn's going to the bullpen? A.J. Cole's not going anywhere. A.J. Cole is He's out of options, that's sick. right. Well, not even that. He's been awesome for the Yankees. Not really. He's got like a 4.3 ERA on the year. I just know every Yankee fan I know loves A.J. Cole. Mm, Yankee fans He's got an 08. Oh, well, okay. Delusional. Don't look at his ERA because he had four horrendous outings with the Nationals to start the year. With the Yankees, his ERA is 0.83 with over 11 strikeouts per nine and two and a half walks per nine. I mean, so, yeah, what he's can been they pretty do? They can't put him in the rotation, though. You can't kick out Severino, I think they might Pat, go six Tanaka. Yeah? I think they might, or they might put Gray in the bullpen. Interesting. I don't know if Gray's stuff would play up in the bullpen. He is a smaller yeah, guy. So. Not playing up in the rotation, though. Mm, that's true. He has looked okay the last few times, though. Yeah, I know he had a good start last time. I honestly don't know what he did before that. I uh, just kind of that the Yankees have somebody that's... <laughs> that was Pomeranz level bad, even though he's probably not that bad. Uh, looking at the other contenders in the American League, I want to talk about Houston uh, briefly because we did touch on that before and then the Indians real quick. Uh, Houston added, in addition to Ozuna, uh, Presley, who was the target that you were really eyeing. Yeah. Um, both of those players, you know, taking the off-the-field stuff out of the equation – um, those are massive additions to that bullpen, uh, which was their biggest weakness by far. Now I think you could say that there are very few holes on that team. I mean, maybe you could look at the last few batters in the lineup or something like that, but uh, that, that team's looking pretty complete at this point. Yeah, I mean, we knew they were going to be. Yeah. They're probably, I mean, they're probably still the best team in baseball. I don't know if that's controversial. Um, I would say they are, at least. Why did they need to bring on that bad juju, though? They yeah, had to I do mean, that. I really hope that screws them. It would, I want them to lose the division so bad now. Uh, it's not going to happen. No, there's... there's I mean, no they're way. up by... Hey, the uh, Mariners are closer to the Astros. So the Athletics are closer to the Astros than the Yankees are to the Red Sox. That is a great sentence. We should just yeah. uh, keep that on loop. And just... Right? Listen I didn't know that. that until right now, but yeah. Yeah, Seattle's only three back, games. right? No, I'm saying Oakland is closer. Oh wow. Than the Yankees. Oakland's What's... five games out. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> that is sweet. Yeah, that doesn't suck. No. Not at all. Um, Indians though, 
Indians didn't do too much. They added uh, Leonis Martin uh, to their outfield. Uh, did they do anything else aside from that? I'm trying to think. Mm, you're asking the wrong guy. I, th- I thought they did. Let me, uh, Maybe let me they did. Some, I think they were just rumored because they were rumored in the Harper stuff. Right. Well, they nah, they made like, the you know what it is they made the early additions that that we already had talked about the big bullpen additions that they made. Oh yeah, for, they got uh, Brad, Brad Hand and uh, Simber, Adam yeah. Simber. So, um, you know when you look at all those moves together, that is actually a pretty significant um, yeah. addition to the team. And I want to talk about Leonis Martin a little bit because I wrote about him last week when I was writing about JBJ uh, winning the Gold Glove this year, and I hope he does. But Leonis Martin is having a really good defensive year and is having about his best offensive season ever. And granted, Martin doesn't have a very high offensive ceiling, and he's very injury-prone. He's 30 years old. Um, That's not saying a ton. But the defense is good here, and he leads the league in outfield assists, I believe. Um, He's right up there amongst the guys in center field who have been having pretty solid years. So I think this is still a pretty solid addition for that club. No, it's a huge addition. They, that was their worst position by far. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was like the big area because they needed a center fielder. Um, so, yeah, I like Martin. He's definitely not like a difference maker or anything. Like, he's not going to win any awards. Well, maybe Gold Glove, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> hope not. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not like they're, he's not part of their core or anything, but he is a, he's a good complimentary piece and, Kind of in the mold of the Red Sox moves, he's exactly what they needed. Yeah, hard to argue against that. It's uh, and they didn't pay much for him at all. No, I have no idea what they gave up. I can't imagine as much. Um, so here I'm going to give you some quick hits, Matt. And if you want to weigh in on any of these scenarios, these are National League scenarios. Um, guys that were added in some division races uh, in the uh, NL East. Atlanta adds Kevin Gosman. Uh, Adam Duvall, Johnny Venters, and Brad Brack. Um, the Philadelphia Phillies add Estrubal Cabrera, Aaron Loop, and Wilson Ramos. Uh, Washington subtracts Ian Kinsler. Any thoughts on that division, how that's going to shake what? out? No, 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 no. Brandon Kinsler. Oh, yeah, Brandon Kinsler. Yeah. <laughs> I always do that on this podcast, people with similar last names. Um, I like what the Braves did. At least I like Duvall. Um, and I kind of feel like Gossman is going to be one of those guys that just needed to escape the Orioles. Um, I don't think that Brad Brock is one of those guys. I don't think he's going to be much of anything, but how about coming home? Yeah. I mean, that was really cool. I don't know how much of a role he's going to play. Um, like he's solid. I don't think he's anything to get too excited about. Um, but I think Duval was the big one that I liked. You know, he's been worse this year than I kind of thought. Who do you think uh, has the edge in that division now going forward? <sighs> That's tough. I still think it's going to be the Phillies. Um, but it's it's going to be close, I think, the whole way. I think it's going to be the Phillies, too. I really like the addition of Wilson Ramos there uh, once he gets back from being hurt. And I like Astrubal Cabrera as well. I think yeah. that, that team gets better. I think Their Washington is super bad. Yeah, oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. It's not a good defense, but they can mash and they play in a good hitter's yeah. park. So. Their pitching is, or at least the top of their rotation, is pretty damn solid. Arietta's been looking a little bit better lately. So. 
Yeah, he's got like a three and a half ERA, and we're gonna get to see him tonight. So yeah, against Pomeranz, that should be fun. Yeah, um, but before before we move on from this division, we both thought what Washington did was kind of stupid by not selling. You know, if well, you're... I don't even think it's not selling, because honestly, I still think they can win the division. Like, it wouldn't totally shock me. They still have that much talent, but you got to pick a road. Yeah. I don't really understand standing pat. Well, they, they subtracted one guy who gets consistent holds for that team, so he's a guy who comes in in high leverage spots. Yeah, I guess I don't really. It doesn't think make that's sense. A huge loss. But I like, why feel do like it? Yeah, no, I don't know. I I just don't understand. I could have seen them justifying either road, and not taking any road is just bizarre to me. Yeah, just very uncharacteristic of Mike Rizzo, who typically yeah. makes really good decisions. Uh, I think the um, the NL Central might be the most interesting division in baseball at this point. Um, Milwaukee did some weird stuff at this trade deadline. <laughs> the Brewers are wild. <laughs> yeah, they just they don't really know what's going on or who's going to play where, but they don't really care. Uh, Mike Moustakis was added at third, even though Travis Shaw plays there. Uh, Joaquin Soria was added to the bullpen. Great move there. Uh, and then Jonathan Scope comes in and presumably is going to play second base. Which no, leaves... I think he's going to play shortstop. It's crazy. Like you're gonna play, so you're gonna have two guys playing out of position. Yeah, in that infield. I think so. <laughs> I think it's crazy. Yeah, they love their shifts. Yeah. I mean, that was the that was their logic for putting Shaw at second base is that they shift well enough that it won't matter that much. So I guess they're just taking it to the extreme and they're just gonna outscore everybody, and then they get up late in the game and they have. What's his name? Orlando Arcia? Yep. Yeah. I forget his first name. But yeah, he's good defensively, so he'll sub in late in the game for probably like Shaw or Moustakis, and then they'll go from there. So I think it's fun. I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm sure it's all going to pay attention to it. That lineup's crazy. It's a yeah, really they're, deep lineup. They're a super fun team. Just imagine how much more fun they would be if Dubon was healthy. Yeah. Probably wouldn't have made this trade because he'd be their starting shortstop. Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting that they just went bat, bat, bat after uh, the, the, the fact that they really needed a starter. But who got the starter that they were looking for is a division rival, the, the Pirates. They got uh, Chris Archer, yeah. and they also uh, got a guy who the Red Sox were eyeing in, Keon Keela, uh, the closer for the, um, for the yeah. Texas Rangers. Yeah, I thought um, some – I asked – I think this was in the game thread last night, but – I, my predict, my official prediction at like eight o'clock last night was that they were gonna get the Red Sox were gonna get Kella. Um, I just had a feeling that he was gonna be the guy to replace Kimbrough. So him going to the Pirates while I was sleeping was a bit of a bummer to me because I kind of got my hopes up. But that's a great move. I still have no idea what to think of Chris Archer. His reputation is so much better than he actually is. Right. But, well, they must see something. Ray Searage must have taken a look at him and been like, hey, I can turn that does guy Does that really matter, though? Like, are we still doing that? Because Garrett Cole is a thing that happened. Yeah, but that's one guy. That's I one know. guy that didn't fit with the organizational philosophy. I think for, for sure. a lot of guys, they come in and it's very clear. Like, they, they drafted Garrett Cole 1-1 because Garrett Cole was, like, a no-brainer 1-1 in that draft. And I still stand by the fact that he's that good, but 
it just didn't work out stuff-wise for him. It's kind of like why Tanner Houck isn't throwing the four-seam anymore. He just wasn't good at it. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I don't know. I mean, I like Archer as a pitcher, um, but I'm not – like I said, I think he has this ace reputation. I don't – I haven't really been giving, given much reason to believe that's what he is. Even if they improve him, I don't think they're going to improve him that much. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know. You're, you're probably right about that, but – Either way, it's going to be fun, and I know that uh, one of the... Who are you rooting for, though? Oh, in the division? Brewers, right? It's got to be the Brewers. Brewers, 100%. Yeah. They're the only team that went for it in the offseason, and they're going for it again. I love I like, love uh, Lorenzo Cain, too. So. Yeah, I love that whole team, man, pretty yeah. much. They're, they're, I can't find a guy I don't like on that team. No, they're they're super fun. I do feel good for uh, one of my Pirates fans' friends that the team finally added at the deadline, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. I thought what the Cubs did sucked. Uh, the Cubs added Kinsler, uh, Brandon Kinsler, Jesse Chavez, and then Cole Hamels. I don't think much of any of those moves, honestly. I don't either. And I hate the Cubs. So I'm glad that I don't like anything they did. Yeah. Um, I think they're probably still going to win the division because of the Cubs. But, uh, yeah, I don't think they got significantly better or anything. Yeah, I don't think so. I th- I'm going with uh, crazy Milwaukee here. I think they have too much firepower. I hope so, but I mean, the Cubs have some firepower. Yeah, that's for damn sure. Out West, it got real interesting. NL West. I think uh, that's my favorite division right now, to be honest. Oh yeah, it's. I mean, it's every team's interesting in their own right. Yeah. Uh, the the Dodgers though, that lineup top to bottom, is probably the only one in the National League that you could look at and say, all right, this might be as good as Milwaukee's. They add Dozier and Machado to that lineup. Holy shit, man. Oh, they did get Dozier, didn't they? Yes, they did, and they didn't pay much for him because he's a rental. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't expecting him to cost that much, but yeah. Yeah, that lineup is sexy. Yeah, I mean, looking down at it, there's really almost no holes. I don't know. I haven't been paying a lot of They've attention got... to Jock Peterson, but is he... An R8 this year? He's, he's got a decent on-base percentage. He's having a decent oh, He's year. got a 133 OPS plus, so yeah, he's been pretty good. Machado, Dozier, Grandal, Kemp having an awesome year. Cody Bellinger isn't having a great season. Yeah, um, I still have faith in Cody Bellinger, though. Yeah, his talent's there. And then Chris Taylor and Yasiel Puig with those last couple spots. I mean, no one wants – and that's with Max Muncy on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They have so much depth, and it's crazy. They lost their best player early in the year and they're still their lineup is still this good that's pretty unbelievable it's got to be a bad feeling if you're the d-backs to like be in that division with that team though and the d-backs did some nice things they go out and add a couple targets that the red sox were presumably interested in and jake diekman and brad ziegler um but there's just no way you can compete compete with that team top to bottom no but i mean i think they have the best player um In, in goldschmidt yeah. Yeah. I think well, yeah. I mean him and Machado is definitely a debate. And I, I mean, you could argue no that they up, have but... the best starter too with Zach Grinky. Yeah, I was, no, that's what I was gonna say. I think Kershaw's kinda of turning around, so I don't know if I'd go there. But um Granky and Corbin is a hell of a one two. Boxberger, Bradley, and now Ziggler and Diekman and Hirano in there. Oh, they have a solid bullpen. Yeah, they have a solid bullpen. Probably better than solid. They have a really good top two. They have – they don't have a deep lineup, but they have a top-heavy one. Peralta – I've always loved David Peralta. 
him, Goldschmidt, AJ Pollock, Eduardo Escobar is a really good top half of the lineup. Um, yeah, I don't think I think that the Dodgers are going to win the division, but Diamondbacks are good. They're they, a good team. They they should be a playoff team. Yeah, um, I think there's, I mean, there's going to be one or two National League teams that we feel like should be playoff teams that aren't going to be though. Yeah. It's it's uh, definitely way more interesting out there than it is in the American League, where it's just these powerhouse teams. Didn't even mention my favorite team in that I lost, the Rockies. <laughs> they added O at least, right? Yeah. They did something. Yeah, I mean, I think I love the Rockies, man. I love that Nolan Arenado might be my favorite player in baseball, not on the Red Sox. Future Red Sox, Nolan Arenado. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think he's leaving Colorado, but. Um, I mean, their lineup is fun. Their bullpen is pretty sick. Yeah, it really it, is. It's Ottavino, McGee, O, Oberg, and Shaw. They don't really need to add much. Uh, McGee is always one of those guys that's been low-key one of my favorite players. Yeah, I wanted the Red Sox to get him. Um, or was he a free agent? He got traded. I've always wanted him on the Red Sox. He's always seemed like... Uh, like that power lefty that they've been looking for. Uh, he's a little inconsistent sometimes, but he's he's fun at least. Yeah, he sure is. They're fun. Their whole team is fun. That division is going to be really interesting to see what happens the rest Probably. of the way. The wild card race out, out in the National League is going to be the best race in baseball. Um, Probably. Uh, I don't know. I think every division race in the NL is going to be fun. That's true. That whole National League is going to be fun. The American League is just like the last wild card spot should be interesting. The rest of it's just like just get to the playoffs. Yeah, a little little pre predetermined. Um, so let's get to some listener questions here before we wrap it up. Our first question today comes from Caleb Sullivan. He says, "Why did we get Kinsler instead of a reliever? We could have used Holt at second. What do you think the reasoning there was, Matt?" Um. I mean, they could have used Holtz at second, but that wouldn't have been good. I mean, we kind of already talked about this. Yeah. I think they like their bullpen a lot. Yeah, they like the bullpen. Yeah. And then also, Kinsler is a way better defender than Holt, and he's better with the bat, so it's probably a more substantial upgrade than anything they would have gotten in the bullpen. Yeah, almost certainly. Uh, Jason Gallagher asks us, uh, not the Sox, but why did the Mets – not have a complete fire sale outside of those two aces. Uh, that's kind of interesting. Um, one of the guys on MLB Network was actually talking about this. It wasn't Heyman and it wasn't Rosenthal. I can't remember who it was, but it was one of the other insiders. And he was saying, like, in a market where there was no top-end starting pitching, it was kind of insane that the Mets didn't see what was out there for DeGrom and Syndergaard, considering they probably could have got a ridiculous package. They could have. Well, first of all, they were Mets. Right. So, but I mean, I don't think they should have traded those two guys. I think you have DeGrom and Syndergaard. You should be trying to win. It's just a matter of them actually putting resources into their team, which they have shown no willingness to do. But, I mean, they have two of the best pitchers in the game, and... That's something you don't. I don't think you break that up. Yeah, it, there is uh, some some people who are theorizing, and I heard this on the Ringer MLB podcast uh, 
a little while back. I think it was last week's edition of that. But they were saying that the the Wilpons might still be pretty affected by the whole Madoff thing, and I'm, that could be a reason why they're not spending. I have zero doubt that they are. Yeah. I mean, I hope they are. If not, then it's even more embarrassing that they're not spending more. Yeah, a, a team in New York in that market yeah, should be spending two hundred plus million every single year. Uh, it's a just, it's a shit lot to be a Mets fan. So yeah. at least they get to watch those two guys. Uh, Gary Lang Langless says, uh, "Where do the national media guys spend Whoa. today?" What? Chris Sale's on the deal. Ooh. Oh, what the fuck? With uh, with what? Shoulder inflammation. Oh no. That is bad news. That is super bad news. Hopefully it's. They're just saying it's just mild, but. Precautionary. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, now Brian Johnson's pitching against the Yankees instead of Chris Sale. It's not ideal. Oh, fuck. Ooh, that's a tough way to end the pod. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't have looked at Twitter. No. Uh, well, we'll get to this question from Gary here. Uh, he says, where do the national media guys spend today? I imagine them a bit like Morgan Freeman in Dark Knight in some secret underground lair in front of a wall of monitors. Uh, don't think you can convince me otherwise. Uh, I know that at least three of the biggest insiders spend it in the MLB Network studios because they were on TV today. But. Yeah, spend it in wherever they spend their other days. <laughs> yeah, probably their, their office or their house. Or, I, don't know. I mean, they're not like going to Buffalo Wild Wings or anything. <laughs> that would be funny though. What if they yeah, all, just all of them? In the, they're all sitting in a booth together. Yeah, oh, that'd be Jeff good. Jeff Passanic, uh, Ken Rosenthal, and John Heyman. Would uh, would Rosenthal have the bow tie on? Of course. I mean, I don't think he's ever. I think that's like part of his part. Yeah, that's true. Uh, next question comes from Justin Gabbard, and he says, does at Bradfoe uh, have a list of Red Sox players he has crushes on? How the hell am I supposed to know what Bradfoe has or, or doesn't have here, Justin? It's a, it's a bad <laughs> question, Justin. Bradfoe has not been on our show. Maybe we should get him on the show and ask him. Um, he does have his own podcast, though. Yes, it's a good podcast, too. Uh, that guy Garrett asks us if we don't add a bullpen piece, are they going to look for one in the August stretch run? So I guess we can get rid of that first piece. Do you think they'll look for an arm in the August uh, non waiver or the uh, waiver trade deadline? Yeah, um, they're not going to get anything like too substantial though. Anybody that's like that good will be claimed before them. Yeah, I mean, they're last on the list in the American League, so. Uh, pretty much everybody's going to – if it's a National League pitcher, literally every team in baseball will have a chance at him before the Red Sox. Yeah, it's not going to be anybody awesome. No. Uh, Jason Benini asks us, why are the Sox so quiet on the international market? Do they still have a lot to spend? Uh, the last time I think we calculated, we thought right around $3 million is what they had left. Mm, I have no idea. Yeah. Something I should probably look into, but I don't know. Maybe they're making a run at Victor Victor, but I haven't really seen any indication of that. There are a lot of teams that have been trading for international slot money, though, so I don't know where they compare, even with what they have, to some of those other teams. And Victor Victor is far and away the best prize on the international market. So I'd be shocked if they were able to get that done, I guess. Yeah, I definitely am not anticipating that one bit. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's not like I, I've. I can't really complain about what they've done on the international market because I don't know what I'm talking about. 
Yeah. I don't know any of these guys. And also Devers and Bogarts. Yeah, and I mean like... this team, this team has been ridiculous at mining that market for position players at least. Yeah, they've been the opposite of the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, the Orioles might be the favorites for Victor Victor. Yeah, God bless them. Finally, their fans are getting something. Yeah. Uh, Frank Sowett says, uh, "Did we do enough at the trade deadline, in your opinion?" Uh, I'll go first on this one. Yeah, I think I think the team did. Uh, Penn's good, uh, and they added to a lot of spots where they needed help. So yeah, I'm I'm happy with what Dave Dombrowski did. Yeah, I like I said, I thought I thought they should have added a reliever. Um, but I don't think that changes things too much. On the whole, he did a good job. Uh, you want to give him a grade, a letter grade? Mm, not really, but I guess uh, I'm torn between a B plus. And, I'll say B plus. I'm gonna go an A minus. Yeah. I I think uh, B plus is fair. Uh, I just, I'm just going B because I was expecting a reliever. Yeah, that's pretty much. I almost said A minus. I mean, his other trades are so good that it's hard for me to upset. But yeah, I mean, B's certainly get degrees. That's true. I'm proof of that. Um, so if you enjoyed the podcast, uh, go on and subscribe to the show, iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. Give us a review. Uh, let us know what you think of the show. Uh, also, follow us on Twitter. You can follow Over the Monster at, at Over the Monster. You can follow Matt on Twitter at, at Matt R. Y. Collins, and you can follow me on Twitter at, at DevJake. Thank you for joining us this week, and we will be with you next week.